Well, hello there, LaBoogie listeners. This is another uh, LaBoogie re-listen, this time with uh, one of the Amigos, Louis Finnegan. Sorry, apologies about the cold. A bit blocked up in the old uh, nasal cavities right now, but uh, thought I'd try and get this re-listen out to you all. It was a really, really, really amazing interview. Um, Louis really opens up about a lot of things going on in life, uh, not least his battle with anorexia and a few other things, which is uh, really encouraging for a young bloke to talk about. So uh, this this podcast was recorded last year in Arica, Chile. It originally featured on the Riptide Core podcast, and now it is all yours for a re-listen. Recording now. Oh, ooh. fuck, that's loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is uh, Joshua Burgette Kirkman coming to you once again from Arica, Chile, uh, with another episode of The Core Podcast, Conversations That Go Deeper. I'm sitting here today with a young man uh, who many of you definitely know, uh, Louis Finnegan. We've just finished the competition here in Eureka, and I thought I'd catch up with him and ask him a couple of questions about life, bodyboarding, the universe, and everything else in between. Yeah. Thanks for dropping by, Louis. Cheers for having me, Kirky, and good to be here. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So, because we're here in Eureka, I actually might start with the competition itself. We're about to go to a meeting to basically review everything that happened here and, and the new format and things like that. Um, what are your thoughts on the format and, and I guess let's just start with what are your thoughts on the format? Alright, so prior prior to the event here in Eureka, I was actually I was a little bit sceptical on it to be honest. I thought it wasn't going to be a very even playing field having comparing your scores to people who are surfing two hours later where the waves could be really different. I thought it's not real it could end up not being very fair for some people who have, might have two slow heats out of their three heats. But I think here in Eureka, it actually ended up working really well. Everyone was going crazy. There was no shortage of waves for anyone. So it ended up being a very positive thing here in Eureka. But saying that, I don't know how it'll go, to be honest, in places like Brazil where the waves can change a lot and some heats are going to be a lot worse than others and some heats will be a lot better. But, um, yeah, just from my experience here in Eureka, it worked really well. I think it was amazing for the sport. So, yeah. Did, did you find, um, because you've done a lot of competition in the other format, um, did you find that it changed your approach to the heats? Definitely, man. The, my first round heat, I, was, I found myself, after 10 minutes, I still didn't have a score and I sort of started thinking, oh, I need to get something, I need to get like a four or a five and then I had to stop myself and be like, wait, that's actually a very <laughs> stupid thing to try and do because a four is not going to be counting at the end of the three rounds, so... It was a pretty weird weird thing to try and change and approach differently when I'm so used to just surfing the same sort of heat strategy, trying to, yeah. you know, get two scores at the start and build on it. Whereas now it's just, you know, wait, wait and wait and wait and get an eight-point ride. Send it. Just send it. Um, on the performances then of the um, event, I mean, were there any controversies in your opinion? Are there any kind of scores that dropped and you're like, wow, that maybe is a problem? Or what are some of the flaws in it, if you see any? Um, well, the flaws in it will mainly come from the judging, the judging panel, I think. And the hardest thing to do will be if round one is on a different day to round three, how do you really get the scale so perfectly with the judging that you can see a flip in round three say if the conditions are really small and crappy and someone does a flip how do you compare that to two days ago when it's eight foot and pumping how do you sort of get the scores right so it's yeah i don't know i think that was one of my um main problems with it i felt like the first round was in smaller waves and there were a lot of things that happened in that round that got quite a few scores and everyone got a bit excited and i I feel like the judges might have been a little bit too excited in that first round um and then you know the waves popped up quite significantly for the next two rounds so yeah i mean i saw a few problems with it i overall think it's a pretty good format as well um there is there has been a lot of kind of alternative opinions on it um from other competitors i mean What's your take on some of their problems 
with it or what do you feel like they're being unreasonable or what's the go well i think everyone's entitled to their own opinion so i won't say it's unreasonable the way they're looking at it but i just think maybe some people are just scared of change and they weren't even really willing to they weren't willing or keen to try something new even though this idea is pretty epic and i guess that's my opinion and some people obviously disagreed but from my point of view, I just saw that some of the people just weren't open to change and in the end, it's going to be hard for them to say that it didn't work out here because the event was absolutely insane. So mm, I don't think anyone disagrees with that idea. Well, that's a good segue, change. Let's, let's go with that and see where that can take us. Um, you're quite well known these days as the guy getting into all kinds of contorted positions in your, with, your, <laughs> with your body. Um, I mean, your, your abilities in yoga are quite advanced. Um, how did that begin for you? Oh, it, was, it was through a couple of different transitions in my life that yoga finally came around for me. It was um, when I was a teenager, most people that have sort of been following my profile through bodyboarding would probably know that I used to be pretty crazy into partying. I used to be quite a party animal in my teenage years and I was going real, real crazy, trying to surf as hard as I could and then on the weekends just going crazy in the parties and um, my body just started, I started injuring myself, I broke my back, I had a pretty bad neck injury, dislocated my knee, like things just kept happening and I never did anything about them during my healing process so just kept drinking on the weekends, kept going out partying when I had a fractured back and I just sort of destroyed myself and got to the point where I was living in quite a lot of pain 24-7. I was like, shit, if I don't sort of try to do something, I'm going to be pretty screwed here for the rest of my life because I was waking up in the mornings and I couldn't even hang my head down without the back of my neck just feeling like it was on fire. So I was sort of started, I started by searching on Google, just like things to do to like get stronger and stuff, like just weird Google questions and then asking my dad and my brothers a little bit because they were into the gym at the time and then eventually my brother's girlfriend her name's Nikki who I now who's now also a Pilates teacher where I teach yoga she started trying to get me into yoga classes and so at the start I was sort of thinking oh no I don't want to try yoga like what the hell is that screw that and she finally dragged me along to one and it was in a gym and I remember being in the class just thinking, like, this is crap. I never want to do this again. I hate it. And so I did the class, finished it, and came out. And straight away she said, oh, no, Louis, you have to, you have to come try a different one. That wasn't a good class. And I was just like, look, Nikki, yoga's just not for me. I'm sorry. And sort of left at that for a couple months. Kept trying to do my own thing. I was just, like, training at home off YouTube tutorials and stuff. It was pretty weird. And then eventually she kept hassling and hassling and she's like, I found this new place. And I was like, okay. So went to this new place and bought the intro offer, which was like a month unlimited yoga at a good price. And as I filled out the form, it said um, occupation. And so I wrote athlete because I wasn't working at the time. I was only getting paid for bodyboarding. So I thought I'd rather write athlete than unemployed <laughs> and so I wrote athlete and then went into the class and it was amazing it was finally like okay I see what you're talking about now Nikki like it's actually like a bit of magic happened in the room and I came out feeling so just blissed out and really good and my body felt really nice and so I was like fuck this is pretty sick and um so I went back the next day to do another class on my intro offer and the lady who owned the studio started talking to me before I went in and she said, oh, I saw, I saw that you wrote athlete on your membership form. So I did a little bit of searching up on you on, on the internet and you got quite a big following, hey, in bodyboarding. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I was just laughing with her for a bit. And then um, she just straight away just looked at me and said, well... Maybe if you enjoy it here at the end of the month, we can sort something out, like it's some sort of sponsorship. So I was like, whoa, hell yeah, because obviously most people who have tried yoga would know it's pretty expensive if mm. you're going to do a full membership at yeah, a studio. Totally. And so the whole month went past and it was epic. By the end of the month, I was feeling amazing and I was already fully just like wanted to be a yogi. I was like, this is the best thing ever. And at the end of the month, I just talked to her and she just gave me free yoga from then on. I was just like posting a bit on my Facebook and Insta to promote the studio. And um, I'll continue with this story because it gets pretty interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. But uh, one of the interesting things I want to pick up on there was um, 
when you you made a point of this writing down that you were an athlete was that some kind of like positive reaffirmation for you in that moment it seemed like that I mean that obviously had an impact because she then googled you and checked you Mm. out and that's how you got the free deal but was there anything else inside of you with that idea that you actually you chose between unemployed and athlete in a moment where you were sounding like you were pretty cooked well yeah I just feel like bodyboarding it's almost like it doesn't have enough money in the sport to be a legitimate job it's not like you're getting paid a huge salary and actually living off the sport like you would be in surfing or other big sports so I sort of felt at the time because I wasn't working elsewhere that it wasn't a complete job sort of just like a pastime that I got paid a little bit of money to do Mm. okay so so that was just you yeah I guess so you did kind of remind yourself that this is potentially something that is a like a job yeah Mm. so well then picking back up on the yoga then what what took place um I mean how quickly did you find results because it sounds like you may have done it every day in Mm. the free yeah. Month. yeah. Well, the studio where I was practicing has so many different types of classes, so many styles of yoga. So for the first couple of weeks, I was trying every different teacher that taught there and every different style of yoga. And I was like, oh, I like this one or I don't like that one. And so, yeah, it took me a while to figure out what I actually liked in yoga with regards to style and the style of teaching from the teacher's point of view. And mm-hmm. um. So yeah, after the first few weeks, I just felt myself loosening up. Lots of tight areas in my body that I wasn't even aware of that were tight for my whole life. I started realizing like, shit, like looking around the room, everyone's like, it's really deep in this pose and Mm. I can't get deep at all. Mm. I must be really tight there. And then, yeah, just sort of like, for the first time, started exploring my body and my range of motion. I'd Mm. never even stretched in my life before. And then all of a sudden I'm doing hours of yoga every day and loving it. And it was just... It was pretty pretty crazy time in my life. Like so much was changing in my body, and I was loving it. So I just kept going. Let's take one step back then, because I mean, at this time you were already a sponsored rider um, slash party animal, and you obviously had sponsors who saw that your talent. Um, so you're saying during all that time of being a rider before yoga, you were just pretty self-destructive, but you were still pretty fucking awesome at it too. You know, like you yeah. were still good enough to do things, but yeah. you were doing it without any of the kind of preparation that sure, most people yeah. do. I don't know. I feel like maybe just because I was young. I feel like most yeah. people that are young, they bounce back. You know, I was, yeah. I've never used to really feel hung over after a big, big night yeah, out. Right, I was right, just, right. I just rebound really quickly. Maybe I had good genetics as well, yeah. but I've always been reasonably fit. Even when I wasn't training at all, I was always like pretty fit and able to surf all day and do what I wanted so okay and so and how old were you then when this yoga kind of uh, it sounds very much like an addiction at this point in the story um but how old were you then when this happened well I'll say quickly like my personality is sort of like an all or nothing I'm an all or nothing kind of guy so you know I'm like die hard into bodyboarding and then found yoga and boom, straight into it. Like I didn't just want to half do it. I was just like, yeah, I'm in on this. So I was just going hard. But anyway, I was probably about, would have been probably 19, 18 when I first tried it and didn't like it. And then probably about 19 when I started getting into it. What was so weird about it when you first tried it? What was so offensive about it? Because it sounds like it, like it took you a year to go back. Yeah, it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was offensive. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I just did it and I was like, nah, that's not for me. And just brushed it off. And she was like, oh, but there's so many different styles. There's so many different types. And I was like, nah, yoga's just not for me. I'm going to keep drinking beers and getting messed up on the weekends. Okay, so you still... The, the animal was still raging inside. For sure. And but, for a while, I was yeah. mixing it. You know, I was mixing sure. the yoga with the partying and it was like a pretty weird combo but it worked i was just like <laughs> loving everything <laughs> but um but but with um but just so for the listener i just want to make sure that people because i think there's something we can all learn right now was part of the uh difficulty in you getting it the first time the fact that you were doing the wrong type of yoga yeah, I guess it just wasn't a style of yoga that resonated with me and the teacher, yeah. you know, I just didn't resonate with the teacher, which is okay. yoga can be quite a personal thing. And I mm. think people maybe don't realize that at the start that mm. there's yoga is a huge, huge industry now. And, you know, you 
you may go and practice with one teacher and love it and mm. go to the next teacher and hate it and mm. I still encounter that today but I don't I don't blame the yoga for that you know it's just certain people re- require and enjoy certain things yeah. so it's okay. only natural so I mean would you agree then that one of the takeaways for for anyone listening to this and you know particularly young guys because men get pretty inflexible pretty quickly in life right like I know I'm pretty mm. fucked right now but um the you know like it's maybe important to check out different styles and different teachers if you're if you're interested in yoga don't just try one and think that all of it sucks 100 percent. if you're actually interested in in looking into trying yoga and you know you're battling with an injury that you want to try fix so you have sore parts of your body don't definitely don't just brush it off after one class if you don't like it because it's a massive massive world of yoga out there and i'm sure there's going to be something that you enjoy whether it's a a very yang style of yoga where you're sweating and challenging your body very physically or whether it's a yin style and you're really relaxed and okay so meditating almost. okay so, so the like, yin is the calming yeah. yoga and the yang is like let's yin, let's do this yin is the chilled out relaxing trying not to engage your muscles mostly lying on your on your back on the floor doing stretches and uh-huh. yang can be insane you know like ashtanga yoga you're jumping through into handstands every 10 seconds it's pretty fast and energetic so so where has um where has this yoga you know going all in on yoga where has it taken you in life like what is it what what happened after you kind of okay. got hooked all right well let's get back to the story then yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's that was that okay so i spoke with joe who's the owner of the studio that once i finished the intro offer and she gave me the free free membership we should talk about what the name of the studio is quickly it's called yoga tree and it's in joondalup which Sounds is in, nice. which is in western australia there's also a studio in victoria park okay and um, so, yeah, she gave me free membership and I was practicing there for about five or six months, just loving it, getting to know all the teachers. It's a really good sort of community vibe there. So I was getting to know everyone there and it's really cool. And Joe just started saying, by this stage, we're really good friends after six months. She was coming around for dinner and we're hanging out a bit. And um, she said, oh, it'd be really, really good if I could train you up in Pilates to teach Pilates because all the teachers there besides one yoga teacher were females. Mm-hmm. And so the majority of people practicing there were females. And mm-hmm. she was like, I think if you were to teach Pilates, you'd be able to get a lot of men in mm. and guys because they'll see that a guy's teaching it. So it's not... She a- sounds like a really good businesswoman. She is. She's <laughs> awesome. She's such an awesome girl. I really like the. I like her style. Yeah, and so yeah, eventually, like when I was free, not on tour and stuff, and home for a while, she just trained me up in Pilates. Okay. In mat Pilates, so it's like not on the reformer machines, just on the yoga mats with weights, and she trained me up, and I started teaching Pilates. And obviously, I'm a pretty pretty confident dude. I don't don't know where that's come from in my childhood, but I'm not really afraid to you know talk publicly or whatever. So mm. it came pretty naturally to me to teach and stand up the front of the room and demonstrate and stuff. And so I just got straight into teaching Pilates, and I was loving it. But I still knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. You know, mm. I was still going to the yoga classes and thinking like shit. Like I really want to teach this to people and put my own spin on yoga classes. What what just for the listener to to maybe appreciate the differences there? Like Pilates um, is, I believe it was originally developed to help with dancers rehabilitating dancers and injuries. Joseph Pilates, I believe his name wow, was. I'm just probably, throwing that out there. You probably know more than but, me. But but what are some of the what are some of the differences in terms of the technique and and I guess what what was not what 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 was pilates lacking for you okay pilates for me was lacking the mindfulness of the present moment okay. it was more so like a workout uh-huh. i still would practice it a lot and go to lots of pilates classes because it's awesome and a lot of fun but mm. it's just not really that mindfulness of breath and movement and just slowing everything down and actually going into the room for an hour and you know that's your hour of the day in a yoga class to just yeah, tune yeah, yeah. out of everything else mm. and just bring everything back to yourself and just give back to your body and bring your awareness back to now instead of worrying about the past or the future it's just Mm. that's your hour to just fully zone in so Mm. and pilates isn't so much like that i feel like pilates you know you walk in and you're still just having a good time the whole class challenging yourself and then you're out of there did this um appreciation for nowness or being in the present moment 
because it's an interesting thing to, to it's an insight for a younger person to speak about being present and being here and not back there and not in the future was that something that you already had before yoga were you quite a present guy before it um, or did you worry all. about the past and no, future I was and always always living in the future I was always uh, thinking about surfing you know waves the next day or trips I was going to go on even worrying about things that could happen in the future like uh-huh. what am I going to do with my life I was always thinking about the future uh-huh. so I've, I've always been that kind of guy and I still am today yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I relate some people are always living in the past with regrets they might have some mm. people are always in the future some people naturally are very in the moment and just live in the now but yeah so this so this nowness was cultivated in the yoga studio yoga, yeah mm-hmm. and that's one of the it seems like it's one of the other things you really grabbed onto yeah okay so let's get back to the story how did it okay develop? let's do it so i was teaching pilates for a while probably like close to a year probably close to a year and i was just sort of started talking to joe like oh joe can you try and find a training that i can do in yoga that you think's really good because i still didn't really know anything i didn't know anyone or anything like and there's so many teacher trainings out there that i don't know what ones are good or bad and some of them aren't even certified with yoga alliance which means it's just you know random people holding a training that's not even certified so i didn't want to get stuck doing one of them Mm. and so she she was like yeah no worries so she was looking around for me for a few months because she wanted to find the right one and she was like you know what i think you'd be best off doing it in india in like Mm. the where it all started you'd get a lot from that and i was like hell yeah like Mm. get me to india and so she was looking and looking and then narrowed it down to two. And there was one in Dharamshala up mm. in the Himalayan mountains, I believe they are. Yep. And one in Goa, which was on the beach in India. And so I was thinking <laughs> which about one it. Did I, you know, pick? I know, I know. I was thinking about it, but at the start. Goa's got a reputation. At the start, I was like, oh, it'd be pretty sick to be up in the mountains. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, nah, get me on the beach where there's fireworks every night. <laughs> and so. I told her, no, nah, I'd probably be keen on Goa. And she was like, all right, I'll email them for you. And then the next day she gets back to me and goes, oh, guess what? And I was like, what? And she's like, I think I'm going to come with you. It looks too good. And I was right. like, hell yeah. Sick. And so we booked our flights together in January of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, January of 2017, I think. Maybe it's 2016. I don't even know. Um, and yeah, so we went to India for a month in January and it was just insane like at this stage I was right right into yoga I was um had lost so much muscle mass I wasn't really training so hard I was just doing so much so much yoga I was like incredibly flexible Mm. and I got so deep into it at this stage that I think my bodyboarding was it was taking a toll on my bodyboarding I just Uh didn't really have the strength to you know surf big big gnarly sessions anymore as okay. more just like a like a floppy spaghetti just like yeah, right. no strength but so flexible that it's almost impossible to injure me because i could just fold in half backwards and be sweet so but i was loving it you know i was sort of in my own world of yoga took a little break i guess from bodyboarding for a bit and i was just like had my eyes on india for like the six months leading up to it like this is going to be sick just mm. amping up for it and we went and yeah it was just amazing like every day i was just having my mind blown about the philosophy of yoga and the art of teaching. It was really interesting learning teaching techniques and also just just like what the human body can do. One of the teachers that was taking the course was just like, just completely crazy, the stuff he was doing. And he didn't really look that fit. Mm. And he 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 was laying on his chest one morning, getting us to watch, because there's a pose where you lift your legs off the floor when you're lying on your belly. But with his hands by his side, he could actually lift his legs all the way up and over and touch the floor in front of where his head was. So like a, like a scorpion like tail. Like a scorpion, but without yeah. even using his arms to press against the yeah. floor. His legs, it's like his legs just floated magically all the way over and touched the floor in front of his face. And I was like, holy shit, like what am I watching? That seems like a, it's a pretty handy one to get for a bodyboarder though. Like, I mean, that's pr- probably the yeah. worst thing that you can, that's the worst landing yeah. you can probably have. You see have. people do that on a bodyboard and they come up with a broken back and yeah, here's yeah. this guy just doing it sweet, just cruising on the floor. And yeah, so the whole month was just amazing. I just learned so much, came back, 
I also got a tattoo over there because of nice. it, it really felt like a life-changing moment for me. All the things I was learning and how much my mind was changing, my body was changing. It was very profound. So I was mm. like, and you know what? I'm going to get a tattoo. So most people would have just got a little, little tattoo on their arm or their upper thigh, but I just went for it and got this huge tattoo in the middle of my back. <laughs> and what's it represent? It represents Hatha, which is sort of balance in life between the sun and the moon. Okay. Sort of just like, yeah, balancing your life out instead of just like being all active and energetic and fiery without having the side of you that needs to relax and chill and have alone time. So just balancing every aspect of your life. I guess um, grabbing onto the balancing act then that uh, I guess you thought you were in balance at this stage, but I mean, was that really the case? Like, was there, uh, I understand that there might've been some challenges along the way. Yes. Okay. So this is where it started going a bit pear-shaped in my life because I thought, I really thought I was on the right track doing Mm. really good. I, I believed at the time I was feeling really good, but I started noticing strange things happening in my body like I was every night I was waking up at like 2am just drenched in sweat and like freezing cold okay drenched in sweat like a pool of sweat and I just found like my energy levels were pretty bad but you know I was just pushing through it because my mind was so strong because of the yoga I was Mm. just able to just keep going and going and going and going and I'd also turned uh, vegetarian from India and so yeah I was living vegetarian wasn't eating very much Mm. eating very healthy but just not not enough for the amount of exercise i was doing okay and i lost a whole lot of weight i dropped probably 10 kilos since i started yoga and you know anyone who knows me i was never fat or anything so losing 10 kilos is like where did that even go yeah right and yeah super super skinny and it got to the point where i was just like kind of accepted how I was feeling and mm. actually realized I was feeling pretty shitty so ended up going to the doctors and did some blood tests and then they actually called me up the doctors a few days later and said oh you I think you need to come in and I was like oh okay so I went in and they were just like just blew blew me away at how sick I was I guess I like everything in my blood was low I had so many deficiencies in my blood absolutely everything you could imagine and so I was like holy shit what's going on and they're like all right we'll do some tests and like they they were just testing a lot of stuff and they were all the specialists I saw were pretty confused because they looked at me and they're like you seem fine like what's like what's going on I was like I don't know I just like I feel pretty fine but my energy is pretty low and like they were hooking me up to like heart monitors and they were like how are you even awake right now your heart beats at so low that like they've never seen a heart rate this low you should be unconscious and I was just there chilling like mate I'm fine and like the alarms kept going off when I was hooked up to these heart monitors because my my heart rate was so low yeah it was at like 36 beats a minute jeez yeah that's really really low it was really really low and so it took a while. I even got an MRI scan on my brain because the I, they thought I could have had a tumor on my pituitary gland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a really scary, scary few weeks when I was getting MRIs on my body and my brain thing and I might have a brain tumor and mm, stuff. Totally. But none of that happened. And I went to a different specialist and he was asking if I was taking steroids because my body fat was so, so low. He was uh-huh. like, are you on steroids? And I was like, nah, man, I'm not taking steroids. And I'm he's like, juicing. he looked at me and then looked at my mum who was in the room. He's like, look, Louie, I know your mum's in the room. But you have to be honest here. And I was like, mate, I'm not on steroids. Come on. And he's like, all right, all right. And so long story short, I ended up being diagnosed with anorexia and it was a pretty tough pill to swallow because, you know, I always, always thought I was very mentally strong, that I'd Mm. never have sort of like a mental problem or condition in my life. And then I just learned like, holy shit, like I need to be eating like triple Mm. the amount that I'm eating right now. And I realized that I actually had built up sort of mechanisms to not eat interesting it's, it's hard to explain i've never been able to explain it properly to people but mm. anorexia is a very weird thing like i just built up strange ways like i used to drink so much water uh-huh. to fill me up so yeah. that i didn't have to eat and yeah. like i used to tr- like it's like i trained myself to feel full even though my body was still like 
screaming at me to eat more food. I was right. able to tell myself, like, no, I'm full, whereas I wasn't uh-huh. full. It's interesting, though, because I know, um, I know just from my day-to-day um, habits is that when I'm surfing a lot, I can eat so much less. Like, so you go for an early surf and you get all the way to lunchtime on nothing and you're pretty happy with life. Yeah. So would you, was that kind of some of your day today? Would you kind of surf and then you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm good still. And then you'd drink some water and yeah, oh, yeah well, I'm good still. Exactly. Cause my routine, which I still sort of keep up now when I'm at home is 6am I go to the gym. Uh-huh. And so that's before breakfast and I get home and I have breakfast, but the thing is I go surfing straight after breakfast. So yeah, I don't right. want to have a big breakfast because yeah, otherwise exactly. I'll feel sick yeah, yeah, surfing. Yeah, yeah. And so I have a little breakfast and then go surfing all day, Yeah. come home for lunch, but I have to go and teach yoga just after lunch. Sure, sure. So I just have a little bit of lunch yeah, because yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. feel sick in yeah. teaching yoga or Pilates where I'm jumping around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I get home from that and then at dinner time is when my favorite classes are. So it's like, mum's like, are you having dinner? I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm going to go to yoga first. Okay. And so I you could hide yoga. behind the yoga and the schedule yeah. was maybe the what you were putting in It was in like place. an escape. All yeah. the exercise was an escape from having to eat almost. And yeah. then I would go and do that. And then I'd get home. I'd just be so tired and exhausted from such a big day that I'd just like eat a little bit of salad and go to bed and be able to sleep because I was so exhausted. Yeah, and slash I just, unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, right. And just wake up and do it again. How, um, I couldn't help but pick up on the ironic um, reference to the bitterest pill to swallow when you're talking about anorexia. So that, that was kind of funny for me to hear. So sorry for laughing at that inside. <laughs> and I'm just admitting it. I'm a bad person. That's all right, mate. Um, but what... You, how, what, how shocking was that to hear that diagnosis? Uh, to be honest, it didn't, like, I wasn't shocked because I didn't believe it. Oh, okay, so yeah, you're in denial like, they immediately. They told me I was anorexic. I was like, I'm not anorexic, bro. I'm sweet. Like, I eat heaps of food. And I did eat quite a bit of food, but my amount of exercise every day was honestly, like, insane. I would say it was five to six hours of like hard exercise every day and did you ever do any analysis on the amount of calories that you were burning yeah in those? i actually did I, for two weeks i kept a food diary or whatever it's called yeah. because um nikki's mum's actually a nutritionist so she was curious oh, great curious about it and i was eating i think it was like most days i was eating between two and two and a half thousand calories okay and with my level of exercise she estimated i should have been eating four and a half to six thousand yeah right so, so there's a huge deficit. It was way, way under. Okay, so so you denied it? I denied it. It took me about six months to even change what I was doing. Wow. I was telling mum and dad, like, no, no, I'm feeling better, you know. And then, like, I'd go for my three-monthly or bi-monthly checkup and mm. everything was the same. He's like, mate, like, what are you doing? Nothing's changed. And I was like, no, I'm eating a bit more. And mum and dad had my back. They are like, yeah, he's eating more. Yeah. And I was just like... I realized I was just slipping back into my old ways like all the time. I was like, fuck, what am I doing right now? I need to mm. eat. But I still just didn't do it. I don't know why. Well, this it's is a, the part of anorexia it's a tough that thing. it's hard to explain yeah, yeah. to people because I look back on it now and I'm like, why did I do that to myself? But at the time it felt right. How did you break it? Slowly and gradually and people becoming more worried about me like friends sort of hitting me up like man are you all good like I haven't really seen you much lately and I don't know I was was all good but I just Mm. like didn't have the energy to go out at night and like hang with friends I was just like my life was just training and I thought I was like becoming fitter and fitter and fitter and in reality looking back on it now I was sort of just digging myself a hole because of how much it consumed my life Mm. Um, but I mean what what were some of the practical measures you took and by the sounds of things I guess I'll also add in there what, did you have people around you that actually helped was there a network that did, seemed to pop yeah. up is that an important factor for sure this is like the part of the story where I was going to say is where I learned the difference between true friends mm. and just people who say they're friends with you yeah. and they just talk shit behind your back because uh-huh. I thought I was friends with a lot of people, which I was, but like three quarters of the people were just saying to each other, like, oh, Louis a loser now. He doesn't do anything. Like, Uh what the hell is wrong with Louis? And then I had these like close friends near me that were helping me so much going like, man, are you all good? And they were coming out and hanging out with me and like trying to 
trying to like help me out with my with my I suppose eating disorder and um yeah they were the people that really helped me through it I guess if mm. I was completely on my own I don't know where I'd be now but mm. yeah a few people really did help me out and that really showed the importance of me about having good friends in your life that you can rely on when you need them so would you say um you know you how long ago where, where are you at in the journey today compared to this like where what, what's the timeline because so, you're in, in india you said in 2017 yeah so this and is a so very all, recent journey all of this is going on while i'm also competing on the tour yeah i was gonna say and filming for our movie three amigos oh, so look at the, dropping that in there now we're having a serious discussion you're gonna start promoting your film no, no you know <laughs> it's just all adding to the story we're I gonna was get very to busy. it mate we're gonna get to it i was very busy so yeah, i was doing right. lots of shit so it's sort of hard to just like people telling me like mate you just need to you know chill out just sit at home for a month and eat yeah, you had things to do. and give back to yourself and i was like man i can't i'm flying to brazil tomorrow i gotta go and having so, said that you did get really sick in brazil yes that's leading on to the next part of the story brazil is where i had a big realization point about where i was with my health because i got so so sick there yeah right i couldn't eat for about 10 days whoa like nothing, just a couple crackers, a bit of mashed potato, and yeah. then like just rolling around in bed all night in pain. And Heavy. I just like, it's like my mind started going. I was so weak and so under, what's the word I'm looking for? I was just like so, so weak and hadn't been giving myself the nutrients I needed that like my body had gone, but my mind was still strong. And then in Brazil, it's like I started losing my mind and it was, <laughs> right. it was crazy. Like I was crying at night. Like yeah. I called my mom and started crying and I was just like, I was just a wreck. And she, at this stage, she was pretty worried. She was yeah, like, sure. all right, I'll fly there and I'll bring you home. And I was like, no, mom, don't fly here. I'll change my flight. So I changed my flight. Mm. Went home, which, by the way, was the worst flight ever in the how sick I was. Yeah, right. Came back through the border, border patrol in Australia, and they go like, oh, have you, have you been experiencing any sickness lately, any fevers? <laughs> and I looked at them with my, like, red eyes, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm sweet. And she sort of checked me out for a bit, like, what the hell? Like, this guy seems really weird. Yeah, and she right. eventually let me through, and I was like, thank God. She was quarantine or yeah, something. But yeah, but then... Yeah, so even at home for a few days, I was pretty weird. I remember doing a yin yoga class, which is a really relaxing style of yoga, and yeah. I was just crying in the class, and I was like, what the hell is going on with me? Like, this is not me. And yeah. like, in that class, I just had a big realization. It's just like, I, I wasn't like for two years now, I haven't been like loving myself. It sounds really weird, but that's the realization I had. I was like, it's like I wasn't, yeah, I didn't love myself anymore. I was just destroying my body and just had lost the love. Mm. That's, that's what it felt like at, at the time. And that was the big changing moment in my life. I was like, all right, from now, fresh start. Let's get mm. back to my body for a while and just mm. chill out and get myself healthy again. And from and, then on. And so this then, um, because you came to Portugal... Yeah, and it should be said. I mean, how did you finish in the Brazil comp? You got to the quarters got, or something I got stupid. Eagle fifth. fifth, and most of my preheat routines was on all fours on the beach, <laughs> trying not to vomit. Because <laughs> I remember seeing you, and you didn't look good at all. Yeah. And you, but you, and I mean, the waves were pretty big in the first rounds, and I think you beat Tamaga in a really like yeah. nail biting heat. And so I mean, fair play to you for delivering fifth. Yeah, don't damn, know, don't damn know how you! I did it. Yeah, that was the silver lining of yeah. my Brazil trip. Yeah, totally. Um, but so this realization um, came to you. It was like rock bottom, by the sounds of things. Yeah, it like was rock absolute bottom. rock bottom, like, like that dangerous was it. rock bottom. That was it. Like, yeah. All right, I have to have to just get myself back on track now. And so, what did that practically look like? The journey back. Eating more was the start. Yeah. Like, and it was hard because. Over such a long time, I trained myself to feel, think I was full when I wasn't. Totally, yeah. So yeah. for months, it just felt like I was overeating every sure. meal. It's just like, just felt it, eating wasn't enjoyable because I was yeah. just stuffing myself. And I was like, oh, this sucks. I feel so bloated and weighed down. But yeah. my body sort of got used to it and yeah. then sort of like could maintain eating that much without feeling so full all the sure, time because sure. my body got used to it. And I suppose that's how people get fat, you know, they get used yeah, to 
eating so much food that they don't realize their stomachs are really stretched yeah totally totally but yeah it was healthy for me because i was under eating so just eating more and then being honest with myself when people asked oh do you want to go you want to go do pilates classes arvo i was i'd sort of check in and realize that i was pretty tired so i'd say no instead of just saying yes like pushing through the tiredness and being like yeah yeah i'll come because i didn't want to miss out on a good class yeah sure sure so just being honest with how i felt all the time and not doing exercise if i didn't feel like it were there other um you mentioned you know you've got this kind of addictive personality or you when you go all in on something you know if you do something go all in so was there anything that you went all in on to pull yourself out of this do you recognize anything that you grabbed onto that's, that's a very new? interesting question hey eh? but don't mean to open a can of worms no, on you <laughs> I, I honestly don't think so hey okay yeah i don't think so there's nothing i really got into hardcore to get me out of it because it was a very slow slow and gradual way out of my illness so maybe i mean do, i don't know maybe this is like all fresh in your mind right now but i mean is that a bit of a breakthrough in itself that yeah. you didn't really have to yeah, for sure. form a new thing? Because there's of lots of other approach. things you can get addicted to. Like, yeah, I mean, you could have sure. picked up anything. But I did do another teacher training in yoga, which was a yin training. Okay. Which, once again, is the relaxing meditative style of yoga. Okay. And in that training, they also taught um, techniques for self-healing through qigong, qigong, which is another form of movement, very, very basic movements. And I learned a lot on that training, and that really sort of ignited more love for the style of yin and so i found you know looking at my history of classes i'd been to at yoga tree it was like at the start it was all pilates all vinyasa all the yang styles and now it's almost like all yin classes with a couple of vinyasa so it's like so there may be a new there there was a shift there maybe to a more relaxing um style of yoga Mm. um well i mean I mean, thanks for sharing that story. I, I think it's a um, male anorexia is pretty underreported, if for as sure. far as I understand it. Um, did you have? Um, did, like, I mean, how is the mental state on all this? Because I mean, we've you, you've said that you're physically. I mean, you look physically well. You you seem to be good as far as my eyes can tell but i mean what's going on in the head are you back well just like you said like for males it's like males think they're supposed to just like always be sweet you know Mm. never admit that something's wrong mentally yeah they're supposed to be you know the rocks of relationships and families and it's hard to sort of be honest and open and say you know i'm not doing too well i'm a bit sad today or things like that but it's part of human nature to get sad and be down on some days and I think yeah, totally. coming to terms with that is a very important thing and so for me now I'm I'm honestly fine I feel so so content and happy in life and I'm looking back on it I'm very grateful that the whole anorexia thing happened because it was a huge huge learning experience for me it was wild to go through it and now I can appreciate so much the struggles that people have mentally you know yeah. I used to I've got a couple of friends with depression and stuff and I never used to really understand it. I was like, come on, man, just be happy, you know? Yeah, it's sure, all good. And, sure. and now I can totally, totally understand that people will struggle. Yeah, definitely. Everyone. Definitely. Probably definitely. everyone that listens to this will be able to relate in some way to mm. realize that, oh, yeah, you know, he's right. Sometimes I am sad and you don't have to battle that and just put on the fake mask and tell everyone you're all good, you know, mm. if you have a good bunch of friends around you you can just be open and tell them well then let's actually try and make some practical guidelines real quick then like what what's the most important thing in your opinion that someone who recognizes that they're experiencing depression what's the first what's the low-hanging fruit that they could grab onto to kind of start to pull themselves out what what are the main things you, you would advise people to look oh, for okay well i'm not i'm not a specialist in this yeah so that's a, fine and yeah. it's a pretty deep subject yeah but for me, I'd just say to be honest with yourself with mm. how you're feeling and don't battle how you're feeling. And if you have a network of friends or family, then maybe open up with them if you're willing to do so and tell them what's going on, what, what struggles you're having. And if you don't have that close connection with your family or friends and just see someone, a counsellor or a psychologist, I don't really know. I've never seen anyone, but there's people out there who's 
jobs and professions are to help you if you're struggling. So mm. just, you know, sometimes you feel alone when things like that happen. And 100%. you're never alone, actually. There's always someone that you can talk to, even yeah. if it's, you know, suicide prevention helplines and things yeah. like that. There's people willing to help you. Mm, exactly. Okay, well, there's some advice from... Um from Louis there from experience and and um yeah if anyone's feeling down you know you're definitely not alone and um and there's definitely ways that you can get help so but you may learn that some friends aren't real friends in these moments for sure so yeah you will yeah that's a that seems like a given um but let's then let's look at the future for a second well let's finish up on the future um you've been through hell and back but it was a, a positive experience you're still here um, what are the main things on your focus for the next year moving forward? Say? Next year. So I definitely plan to do all the stops of the world tour this year, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm, um, maybe it's because of the yoga, but I'm not super competitive in these events. Mm. You know, obviously winning would be awesome. But when I get knocked out, I don't punch my board and go home angry. I'm just like, oh, yeah, whatever. So let's just be clear here, though. You just finished third in Antofagasta or fourth? Equal third. Equal third, yeah. and you just finished ninth here. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing, doing quite <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. My focus on these, on these trips for the world tour is sort of just trying my best and having fun, which is sort of like what parents say to you when you're young <laughs> and you're like, shut up, mum, I want to win. I'm here to win. But honestly, I'm just here for the good times and hanging with the boys and just pushing my limits and... yeah. Just having, yeah, having a good time. So that's what I plan to keep doing with my bodyboarding on tour. And then... Yeah, what about the rest of the, the life the as a bodyboarder? The rest of my life, just trying to... I'm going to try surf the right a lot this year in winter okay. when I get home. I yep. got like just over a month at home. So hopefully I get a swell or two out at the right to get myself back into some big waves. You can have that. Yep. Yep. And, and um, then... Um, there's, yeah, a, there's a video coming out soon. Yeah, three amigos. <laughs> I'll plug that while yeah, we're here. Yeah, plug it again. But so, I mean, but what's it all about? Because I'm, I'm, I, I'm gonna miss the premiere. Well, I don't know if there's a premiere going on where and when. But like, um, it's a long film. It is. So for my whole life, I've been best friends with my with um, two guys. Their names are George Humphreys and Davis Blackwell. I'm sure most of the listeners will know these guys if you know me. And yeah, our whole lives have been hanging out and surfing together and growing up together. And everyone always said like, oh man, you guys should make a movie together. You guys should make a little online clip together because you're always hanging out. And um, we finally sort of got to that stage in our lives with, with filmers that we became such good friends with. And we got to a point where we could actually make it reality. We made, we've made a movie, it's finished now. And it's like, you know, it's... Freaking sick! I'm so yeah, I'm cool. so so stoked that the quality of footage that we have is you know some of the best footage I've ever seen, and it's um I reckon it's going to blow some minds when the movie comes out. And w- and when can people expect that? Well, to be honest, we're all just hopeless in this post-production stage. <laughs> of the thing like we're all just we're all just like sort of like rookies at it we've done the movie we've filmed it all edited it all got it all nice and now it's we're at the stage of like talking to our sponsors about them sponsoring it and trying to organize premieres and none of us have done it before so we're sort of just lost amongst it all but it's gonna happen yeah, we're sure. hoping to have a premiere at the aussie tour event no the world tour event in australia this year oh cool 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 which is in early august so Great. if you're living over east we'll um we'll try get that going excellent well i'll be there to see that that sounds wonderful Great. well we've got to rush off to a really in- important meeting yes a meeting about and the I've, new I've, format, I've I got, believe. I've got Mike Stewart here asking whether we're on our way, so we better go. God has spoken. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a powwow with our peers yeah. and, and be real nice to each other whilst we discuss the format. <laughs> All right, um, but I'll yeah. I'll quickly just finish. So yeah, besides please. the world tour and bringing out the movie, I just plan to keep enjoying my yoga side of my life, keep teaching, maybe do some more trainings if they come at the right times, and just um. Yeah, just keep living life how I want to, I guess, and enjoying it with yoga and bodyboarding and friends. And Well, I, I want you to drop a clip um, for the bodyboarders out there. I've, I've already harassed you once about this on this trip that, you know, do you think you might be able to put something out that guys can maybe do some yoga with you? Yes, I reckon I will do that when I get home. I'll, if you don't already follow my Facebook and Instagram, then maybe do that, and I'll try bring out a couple of 
sequences of yoga that target the muscle groups that bodyboarders really need to strengthen or maybe stretch out cool things like hip flexors and quads that always seem to get sore for bodyboarders and lower backs so um, i'll make a sequence for all of us that we can all do every couple days to get ourselves back in shape for bodyboarding Sounds bloody fantastic to me. Well, let's leave it there. So thanks a lot for um, taking the time today, Louis. It's been um, quite illuminating to hear about um, the journey you've gone through. Just how flexible are you, though? I'm (laughs) I'm pretty flexible. I know what you're hinting at here, and I'm not going to say it, but I'm I'm pretty flexible. Oh, that's good. And anyone can get to my stage. A lot of people sort of see the stuff I'm doing now, and they think, oh, he must have been born with it, but... No. When, when I was a teenager, I was very, very inflexible. And so anyone can, can get to the stage where I am at with my flexibility. It just takes a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of practice. Excellent, excellent. And, um, well, look, we'll wrap it up there. So thanks a lot for, for taking the time today. And um, to the listener out there, this was another episode of The Core Podcast. Um, I'm an old guy with a red beard and a bald head named Joshua Borgetta Kirkman. <laughs> and... Um, And I hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. And stay tuned for another episode soon. Yeah, see you later. I don't know about you, but that was pretty epic. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in to this re-listen. Thank you so much to Louis Finnegan for opening up and... uh, talking about some of the tough things in life and pretty cool to notice that at the end there he was talking about how he was going to release a few yoga clips and things like that for the world to use and see and I do believe that that's really coming soon now so it's nice to see that he managed to to get that task done and he's about to push that out there for all of you to enjoy this has been another re-listen there'll be more of them to come uh but next up for the podcast from the kind of new content is going to be a really cool interview with spencer skipper that was recorded uh back in february and uh, i can't wait to share that one with you Uh, spencer skipper was probably the main one of the main writers that influenced me as a young guy so uh it was a real i had a little bit of like um I was a bit starstruck, you know, when I got to interview him. So I'm sure you'll hear that in the audio. Uh, But it's a great interview. Great to catch up with him and I can't wait to share it. So stay tuned for more.